Welcome to Counterbalance Conversations, the program that enables and encourages you to make the changes you need to make a true difference in our world. Your host is Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Our hope is that by hearing from people who have stood out and made a positive change in their community, their lives, and their world, you'll feel the need to do the same. Now, here is Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Hello and welcome to Counterbalance Conversations. Thank you for returning to um, have these great conversations with us. If you're new, welcome. And today we have Justin Moore and David Bulger with us. We are going to be talking about their project, 22 for 22. David never imagined he'd be the barefoot guy in his hometown or that he would be so involved with the mental health and wellness projects for military and civilians. He certainly never imagined walking 500 miles barefoot on rocks for 22 days would have anything to do with helping others. But after having served on board the USS New York in the Navy and then experienced healing and refuge in such simple practices such as yoga, movement, body work, and going for walks in nature, it seems... This path he's found himself on was inevitable. This path in his eyes is one of relentless self-exploration and improvement for benefit of others. Justin Moore is an artist that is a part of the project Loyal Customers. The group is responsible for a wide range of original music, concert series, and short films. He strives to capture the truth within the projects he associates himself with, no matter his role. An unconventional education and a drive to push himself in the art that he makes recently collided with the project 22 for 22. The world, or the word that would best describe him in the associated art is compassionate. More often than not, you can find him in a recording studio working on too many things at the same time, and loving the thrills of existence. And I will have to say, as our, um, as two of my personal friends who are doing amazing things, I would say that, that uh, were those were very humble bios that you provided to me. I mean, you're each working on so many incredible projects. And Justin, I know uh, that you always have a lot of uh, concert series going on. You have a lot of um, individuals you're working with. And David, you are always um, working on so many new movement therapies. You're a business owner. You're also an advocate for mental health and also resilience, in my opinion. Um, so I've known both of you for, I would say, about three years now. Right after I met you, right after Hurricane Michael came through our town, and uh, we were all recovering. And I think we uh, found kind of refuge in the same, the same place. And, um, and actually David, you were one of the inspirations for me becoming a yoga instructor. So thank you for that. So, so welcome to the show. I'm uh, really honored to have both of you on counterbalance conversations to talk about, um, your journey during 22 for 22. So I'll let one of you start, and why don't you tell us your story? Hmm. All of it? <laughs> well, uh, as much as you would like to. Let's go for it. I think I'm going to take the reins. There you go. What is it? Uh, 
beauty before? I, I'm not sure. Well, you know, I think what my the story that pertains to how we arrived here at the very least. Um, born in New Orleans, raised in Florida, so that could directly correlate to how I ended up wanting to walk near swamp for 22 days. <laughs> but through years of sports and swim teams and those sort of things, uh, found myself in the United States Navy, twists and turns. I wound up as a rescue swimmer and bosun's mate on board the USS New York, which I coincidentally hopped on board for the maiden deployment. And that was one of those symbols. You tear down our tower, we build a warship kind of middle finger thing and uh, seven and a half tons of World Trade Center steel in the bow. So that was like being on a museum for me in a way um, being because at that age, I was in sixth grade, 9-11 really it didn't mean a whole lot to someone that young unless you were really living there directly affected. Um, so later on for that to come around, that was really interesting. Um, clearly from how I got here and the Navy uh, with all of its pros and cons um, left me on the other side, putting down a bottle of whiskey a day, et cetera, et cetera friends in and out of rehab, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I found practices like yoga, breathing, just going on walks, uh, you know, all the basic things that were incredibly profound. Um, and then years down the line, I'm doing a little better every single day. And I feel like <laughs> helping others uh, try to do the same. And that's probably around about background for what I think pertains. Yeah. So how did you, um, so the 22 for 22 obviously came from that shift. So the, this story that shifted your mindset as you started seeing your friends and that shift in the mindset and other veterans, am I correct in, in assuming that? Third. Uh, and you know, I'm, I've now been out of the Navy longer than I was in. So over, over 10 years ago, I read this book on the deployment um, uh, with the New York Born to Run, which talked about incredible athletes who um, you know, finding the love to run, but also native peoples who are winning marathons and uh, you know, ultra marathons, 100 mile races with minimal shoes or barefoot sometimes. And uh, so that took me on a whole rabbit hole. Um, getting out of the Navy, it made a lot of sense that my feet were locked in the cast and um, the solution is always packed more Dr. Scholl's onto things. Put your foot in a bigger cast and that will help your arc. Um, but we're, we're masking problems um, from what, it, what I felt and experienced and what I um, had also been introduced to in some of these readings um, so, you know, many years later, as I'm really starting to connect with this idea, go on the trails barefoot, a half a mile, maybe a little mile jog, a three mile run, just a little bit at a time. It's making more sense. I'm still dealing with a lot of my stuff. I'm seeing other people um, 
disappear into their own directions. Um, so the dots are continuing to connect. Um, so at some point, I just looked at my friend, a skydiver friend of mine. I said, I'm going to walk, uh, run a marathon barefoot in the conservation park because we had just left from there. And then it turned into, well, I just read this statistic. I'm going to turn in, why not 22? You know, uh, that makes sense. People can get behind it. No one got behind it. No one showed up. <laughs> I've put it out to everyone, tents, runner groups, crossfitters, anyone I thought who would gravitate towards it. And, and for two years, myself, very close friends and just weird yogis would show up, people who kind of got the mind-body connection. And I wasn't there for the full 22, but I did show up both times. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I did do a portion of it, and I did do it barefoot. So, Yeah. And yeah. Got it just from that little bit, yeah. um, but you know it took it took on the third year me saying okay, twenty two miles for twenty two days, you know twenty two miles a day for twenty two days. Um, uh, that it, and even being out there walking with this guy who decided to hop on a week in advance, uh, you know, a week before departure, um, it took being out on the trails for about an entire week before the regulars were like, Oh, what are you doing out here? You're actually serious about this. What is, what is going on? So it, um, I think right. like talking about with the short film before we hopped on the live, there's a lot to this subject. Yeah. So let's come back to that. So hold that thought. I would like Justin to, kind of share his story because I want to make sure he's brought into the conversation as well. So Justin, how did you um, become involved with the 22 for 22 on such a deep level? Well, you went all the way to like your birth. Okay. Well, I was watching Barney when 9-11 happened. So I have no direct connection really to it other than it's in you guys story. realize you're making me feel really old right now so. 20 <laughs> go ahead yeah i'm 22 yeah i know um, i oh i was just told yesterday that i am a uh, what was it i'm a product of failed suicide because i have a parent who tried to commit suicide before i was born twice um huh. uh when i was 13 I was running a lot, like six miles in the morning and then four miles at school and then two miles at night. And I decided I wanted to try to run to Pensacola to raise money for my school and got uh, my brother and my dad involved with that. We made it 48 miles and then my brother was about to have an aneurysm or something uh, and we could not go on. But so I was already like, you know, pushing myself, right? Uh, skateboarding, surfing, snowboarding, all the extreme activities. Uh, odd education, slight militant mindset, background, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, there's Zen Garden, David owns business. I run a business here, um, put on events. We were friends already, and I spend my life practicing listening for the most part. That's what I do when I'm locked up in a studio for, you know, weeks on weeks on weeks, just every night of my life. I'm just sitting in front of speakers, listening to 
people play their instruments, people sing, people say things, say things that are true, say things that aren't true. You know, it's just as part of the process. So uh, knowing David and spending a lot of time with him here when he started to talk about doing the 22 for 22 and the amount of days it was going to be and the amount of miles and thinking about it, it just sparked my interest kind of naturally. Just kind of seemed like I was, was at a point in my life where I didn't have anything going on, didn't really want to have anything going on um, in terms of like connection to society and work and all that. I wanted to just dive into, you know, the land of creativity. And I kind of saw it as an opportunity to do that. And also, you know, dive into nature, dive into thinking about suicide for, you know, 22 days and probably for the rest of my life at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So I, that's how we're here. Okay. So you popped in to this right about, like David said, about a week ahead of time. Am I correct? Going on for months and I was planning on being out there maybe in the morning to capture it because in, 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 instantly I wanted to film it. Instantly I saw that there was a story, but then I realized that the only way to accurately capture any part of it was for me to do the whole thing. Uh, we saw this free diving video. Uh, what's it called? It's like blue hole or something like that um but at the end of it you know it has this guy free diving into a hole in the ocean and then he mountain climbs back out of it all on a single breath and then the credit says you know free diver cameraman you know blank name uh but just seeing that credit right there i was like ah well it would be kind of lame if i put on shoes and then filmed till mahi was out there for 22 days with no shoes on so i just couldn't let myself do it like that. So I had to do it. It was kind of like that. Just had to. Yeah. So, I mean, and I admire that because you just kind of jumped in and you really committed, both of you committed, and it was 484 miles total. More like add up all the little like twists and turns we do in the morning and then to the gas station. And it's just. Okay. So about 500 miles um that you you walked over 22 days in may uh in florida so that's not extraordinarily hot but it's not the coolest time of the year here either so there was a lot of the heat there was also um you know a lot of you know animal activity there was a lot of nature around you so um talk to me a little bit about why you did it in conservation park and um some of the things that you learned. So we've already talked about why barefoot and why the 22, but why um, maybe even delve a little bit more into the why barefoot, because I know David, there's um, there's a deeper meaning to the barefoot piece for you. Mm. Yeah. For um, everyone. <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, in a way, um, and they, they both play off of each other. Um, in a way the barefoot was like the hook, uh, the fantasy pay attention to the deeper subject matter. Um, but there's a lot going on, uh, in this project, you know, (laughs) there are a lot of other things I saw happening around Memorial day, um, double marathon or tire flip until I'm dead or, you know, um, uh, a 3k for 
wounded warriors, you know, things that were a little more tangible and um, much, uh, oh man, the metaphor analogy thing. Anyways, yeah, the when the towers fell, it was very easy to go, that's bad, those people did it, we, you know, it's a clear tragedy, it's highly visible, and, um, you know, the veteran suicide thing, it's, it's usually like this, particularly with veterans, um, because very proud. quiet, you know, we don't, we don't want burden, uh, we are, we don't want any more medication or to talk to some uh, VA psychologists as qualified as they may be. Um, <clears throat> so there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. Um, so the, uh, you know, with the barefoot and the conservation park thing, um, there were some correlating factors there, like what I already talked about, the, the mind-body link. You know, we need good mental health, just like we need good physical health. And usually they're playing off of each other to some extent. You know, there's the packing in of the, uh, you, know, you know, one teacher said, you don't have flat feet, you have lazy feet. And um, another quote I love is, your shoes absorb pain, not impact. So people aren't, people are afraid of the, and the biggest, most burly military firefighter, whatever have you. I mean, they won't take their boots off to touch the soil because they're afraid you know, they have sensitive feet, but sensation's okay. You know, sensation, mm -hmm. something it teaches you where to lighten up your step or to step differently or to engage differently. Um, it makes you slow down. You're not counting a hundred you know, burning this per minute as you, uh, you miss everything. Um, mm -hmm. You're a runner's high and some walking barefoot. It makes you slow down, makes you look around, feel, listen. Um, and then the conservation park, it's twofold. I held up three. Uh, there's probably many more. <clears throat> and the one is, it's fucking gnarly. It's a, I mean, it's like he said, exploded rock on top of other rock and to compensate for some swampy patches, they put sharp rock. Yeah. We weren't trying to make it, or he wasn't thinking about making it easy in any way. It was go out there and then get lost, go down the wrong uh, path, have to yeah. turn around. But at the same time, right. a lot of trail and it's, it's the, beautiful. and they're the best trails in this area and they deserve to be highlighted and they, and they need, um, more helpful feedback as they're going to push forward and hire people in the future. And it needs to, be, uh, quality trails like that need to be maintained and expanded. Um, so it was, there was the community aspect of that, which is largely, um, you know, civilian veteran. It's ever, it's an everyone, uh, discussion. So there was that. Um, and I guess if there was a third, um, besides, you know, community painful. The third is the looping. It's, um, we actually, um, there were, uh, I talked to many other um, marchers and even a couple barefoot people who had uh, donated and raised money through their walks for mental health and suicide awareness. So I was finding this really interesting correlation, um, uh, coincidence, whatever, 
uh, but they're always walking somewhere. They're going again. They're looking at their. They're, they're doing something. And there was a time where, for almost two weeks, we walked this quarter mile sand path for 21 miles a day because it took half a mile to get to the parking lot because that's the only thing that we could stand. And but we didn't realize what was going to take place mentally. <laughs> we just loop loop um but you know back and forth uh, back and forth but there is a there's a point to that also um, um what as you kind of saw in the film when things start to become familiar you you notice again more you've slowed down enough um, mm-hmm. so that walking back and forth in that half a mile stretch you were able to take in more notice more things um, pay more attention because you were there for that long period of time. Is that kind of- well, more, more internally because yeah. now that yeah. we generally, you know, the snakes always like to slither at the uh, surprising moments or a turtle or, um, but we could pay less attention to the path, which made us, it forced us to pay more attention to all of the internal dialogue. So yeah, we're able that's to like focus explode. would shift. Yeah. So what was some of the things that, that you learned um, or what came up for you that you're willing to share? I mean, I know we've talked about, there were a lot of things that came up, but what came up that you were willing to share that were thought provoking points or. Um... Oh Lord. I mean, I'm willing to share any of it. I just, it's hard. I know there was a lot, but just a few examples of maybe, you know, how your mind shifted because you went out there with the intention of 22 for 22 and contemplating Uh, suicide. What were some other things that maybe grew out of that going inward? Do you have something? Well, in terms of maybe an observation that I can share that's right on the tip of my tongue when it, going back to the, uh, like, why barefoot or, yeah, like, what is the good part of that? I started the walk uh, about a month off of a pretty, like, serious ankle sprain slash possible small fracture of some kind. I had a pretty big uh, contusion on my right foot that instantly swelled up as soon as we started walking. And over the course of 13 days, uh, I just felt an entire realignment shift in pretty much my entire body Uh, from my glutes on my left leg, all the way down to my knees. And then my feet, you would just feel like your bones readjusting and you could see your bones readjusting. It's not just like a descriptive way of putting it. I mean, literally my bones were moving inside of my feet while I was walking. (laughs) I could see it. (laughs) Um, And so what you learn from that is you don't know what you learn from that until months later, uh, maybe next year, I will have some better thoughts on it. Uh, Right now it's just kind of like coming off of it. It's like each day at a time. And then it's more like you go to do something and, yeah, uh, you go to like skateboard or you go to help a friend um, and you're maybe more confident in those situations. And so you have like a, there's a gut feeling that you got something from it, but yeah. what you end up talking about is a lot of surface 
level things like, oh, I had a hurt foot going into it and it healed itself. Um, I don't know really what I'm learning from that right now other than that it happened. Right. Um, I feel like what you're saying is this was almost transformational for you, but it you feel like it's going to have like a broader uh, impact on your life because you're going to have that deeper connection to yourself, that deeper connection to I did something really hard, um, you know, yeah. in my 20s, and now I can... I know I can do this uh, because this is not as hard as walking 22 miles for 22 days. And I went into it with a similar mindset of having things that it can be like, this isn't going to be as hard as this, mm-hmm. like in terms of like things that already have happened in my life that I can pull from. Cause David right. asked me today if I had had any doubts on it or if I, what day did it click in that like we were going to do this uh it was day one it was before day one I had no doubts of it the whole time as soon as I decided that we were doing it and I was doing it that was going to be it I knew that he was prepared to be crawling to the end of it and so was I it didn't matter how much blood or whatever the heck happened fighting Mm -hmm. a wild boar or something well if I can play off of what both of you said um I mean, you're getting into the cliche motto that we just stuck with, uh, every step counts, and uh, one step at a time, that thing. And it's, you don't have to explain a whole lot um, in terms of how the body's can possibly heal itself or realign or push past perceivable limits because you hear these these stories all the time from incredible people who do uh magnificent magnificent things you uh hear a lot about this guy wim hoff the ice man right he swims underneath icebergs and he does all the incredible things but he's been incrementally doing incredible things for a very long time now so he didn't just swim under an iceberg, you know, first he mm-hmm. sat in an ice tub, you know, and then it goes from there. Um, so the, I think, you know, I really think what Justin is saying is, and I saw it in his eyes, he was prepared um, to, uh, what I was worried about is he was prepared to endure, you know, long-term, um, a dysfunction in his body if he kept pushing at the limit. But I was only concerned right. for him for a brief moment until my ankle <laughs> stopped moving. Um, and then we but, became evil. But the point of that is, was every day we would wake up and go, okay, yeah, you, you. And so we would just, every step, every day, you go, you go from there and you, um, if you, if you do that, then, you know, if you slow down enough, even if we're we're walking at nighttime in the parking lot while horse flies are around us, um, you know, you you do that every single day. Um, the body figures it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, nervous system figures it out. So what you're talking about with, where to an extent we're we're unable to fully perceive with those sort of um, purpose difficult moments that we put ourselves in in life um how that can benefit us later on well i think um it's because 
it's hard to articulate a lot of it because it's more like it's ingrained in you at a certain point. And Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, the more you continue to ingrain that in you, then it'll, you'll start to pull a little more out as time goes on. And that's what it felt like generally the whole time was, you know, the narration that I uh, wrote, it was um, basically a long improv that I, spent maybe 45 minutes editing um, afterwards just taking out unnecessary words Um, but that going back to us what came out of me that was 300 hours of (laughs) him and I going so that was half of his his internal dialogue coming out as well yeah vacation right well, after we're we're going to have to go to our our first break, and when we come back, I would love to really kind of delve back into how this uh, connects with um, the veteran suicide. Talk a little bit about current events, and then talk about what your next steps are and what you're planning. How's that sound? Sounds good. Great. So we're going to go ahead and go to our our first break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Counterbalance Conversations with Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Find out more about Dr. Melissa by visiting drmelissalstrasser.com. Now back to the show. Hi, and we are back with David Bolger and Justin Moore, and we are talking about their Project 22 for 22 regarding veterans' suicide. 
Um, This is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And I just wanted to, uh, David, if I could take a couple of uh, minutes out of your out of your time to uh, just talk about a couple of resources for people who are with us. Um, the Veterans Crisis Line, if you're a veteran, you're experiencing um, suicidal thoughts or you need to talk with somebody, the Veteran Crisis Line is 1-800-273-8255. And you can press one, and that will take you to somebody who can help you. Uh, also, the if you're not a veteran and you're a civilian and you're looking for mental health resources, you can um, look up NAMI.org, and that's N-A-M-I dot org. If you are in crisis, you want to call 800-950-NAMI. Or 6264, or text NAMI to 741 741. And also, NAMI.org has uh, resources for individuals and organizations that will allow you to um, provide training to your um, to individuals at your organization uh, as well. So, I wanted to make sure that we had time to talk a little bit about that. Uh, David, so thanks for giving me a minute or two to get that out there because I do want to make sure that folks have the uh, the resources they need because I think this is a really important topic, especially with the pandemic. A lot of people are still uh, experiencing, we've talked on several shows about the collective trauma from that. We've also, in our area, we have people who have mental health Uh, and stress-related issues from Hurricane Michael, as well as we have our veterans, which is what we're talking about today. Uh, We have our veterans that are um, really needing some assistance. And with um, a lot of our troops coming home from Afghanistan, um, how is that going to impact um, our veterans that are coming home and their extended families? I know you've talked about you and Justin have both talked to me about this is not just a veteran issue. It's a civilian issue. It's, um, you know, an issue for everyone. So talk to me a little bit about that, David or Justin. Uh, well, certainly, you know, um, I think there are very few people who will disappear in this world and go completely unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's especially going to be true about a veteran with a family, um, friends, business, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- what's interesting that we're, we're doing this in, you know, um, in suicide awareness month, uh, is, we didn't realize May when I did this walk was uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, so um, keeps keeps falling into place. Uh, yeah, no one no one lives in isolation, and that's um, you know Justin didn't just decide to do this endeavor because he. Uh, thought it would be really challenging for his feet. He's talked to enough people and experienced enough in his life 
to connect with the subject matter. And when we really dive deep, um, I mean, that uh, that's the larger bulk of the conversation is we're not just talking about veteran suicide. We're talking about everyone's suicide. We're talking about proper mental health, um, depression, anxiety, and what what veterans go through, why their statistics are typically higher for um, going through with taking their life is it's just uh, across the board, a, sl a slightly more extreme version of what you're going to see in a lot of cities in the United States, um, all around the world. Um, so anything we learn by observing what's happening in the veteran community well that's all those lessons are going to directly translate back into the civilian world um so uh, there are so many reasons why it should be an everyone issue and um I, I know what you were getting at a little bit yesterday when we had spoke yesterday who knows one of those days that it's yeah late late last week it's um when you have events like this, where many troops are going to come back at one time, um, and this could be for a better or worse scenario. We won, we lost, a lot of people are returning. This happens uh, throughout society. Um, we're overwhelmed. Our systems are overwhelmed. I, um, when I was in, and uh, it seemed like it was overwhelmed. When the people before me were in, it seemed like it was overwhelmed. Um, and much like much like the shoes where we pack on solutions to a problem instead of um, maybe deduct a few and uh, try to get the low-hanging fruit um, that's what a lot of us fear is the va is just going to be haymakering packages of pills um, uh, or, um, and we're not going to get the attention, you know, our troops aren't going to get the attention they need. And of course, um, that's going to trickle down. And, and again, we're talking about suicide. This is, this is way over there. This is after um, losing your job, losing your friends, abusing your spouse, blah, 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 blah. You know, um, that's typically can be way down the line. Um, so you, mm -hmm. you get to um, coupled with the pandemic, a lot of people being home. Um, yeah, this happens in society. Um, yeah, there's a definitely a host of issues there's that um, could potentially come up that are of no, you know, it's not the service member's fault. I mean, providing us a uh, providing the appropriate resources, and um, for, in your opinion, what is something? I mean. Uh, like you were saying, the VA will be overwhelmed. What are some things that um, that we can do, in your opinion? You started um, the second half, and one of the best ways we can do is um, if someone wants to talk to you, veteran or otherwise, about um, the difficulties in their life, uh, listen. Yeah, something, some, um, something we talked a lot about being on the trails is um, here in the West, people go, 
hey, how are you? And you're, they're past you before they've even given you an opportunity to say good and how are you? And then actually listen to how they are doing for their response. Um, you know, I know that it's just a courtesy greeting kind of thing, but that is how we live our life a lot of times. Oh, hey, how are you? And good to see you, sir. Um, so when someone is expressing something to you, listen and truly give feedback. Um, and particularly if a veteran is coming home, um, they're going to need resources because um, maybe they won't want to talk to their immediate friends or family. Um, so there's, there's always that. Um, but again, what, what is this for? Well, if boots are the symbol of the warrior, then to me, barefoot feels like the symbol of healing, uh, a reintroduction to society. You know, it's go for the low hanging fruit, um, go on a walk, Go to a meeting if that is your thing, you know, drink more water, try to go to bed. There's, there's all sorts of stuff that every single one of us can do. It's, it's, it's the fact of doing it and surrounding yourself with people who are also trying to work on themselves and find healthy mm-hmm. practice. Yeah, and I think that's uh, I think all three of us have adopted a lot of healthy practices over the last, I mean, you guys much longer than I have, but over the much longer term. Counter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We got a lot of bad ones to counter. <laughs> I do. And um, so you can, so you, you know, we've talked about, you know, both of us being yogis. We've talked about Justin having his music and his creativity. Uh, we've talked about earthing, which is for those people who don't know, we've talked about, which is the barefoot practice or walking with your feet in contact with the ground um, and drinking more water. And so it feels like that the path to a lot of this healing that we're trying to bring forward through this uh, conversation, the second half of this conversation is really there's more options available to um, to anyone, you know, as much as just community, connection, mm-hmm. um, earthing, taking that time to um, to really connect and slow down seems to be the thread that goes through all of this. Would you agree with that, Justin? Yeah, definitely. And I'm hesitant to call walking with no shoes on earthing because I think it should just be called walking because I've taken notice to the, and like walk in anywhere that you normally wouldn't walk in with your shoes on and instantly you're gonna be like eyes on you by someone. If, if there's security, they're gonna be wondering. Like mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Well, we I- didn't have a lady talk to us <laughs> until day 19 because she thought we were some like, you know. I mean, there's like a weird stigma to just having shoes off. It's hilarious. <laughs> Like where we've gotten to, like you see bare feet and people are like, are you homeless? Is something wrong? Like, do you need shoes? Like all these questions. And they just kind of judge you instantly and kind of give you a weird look, a lot of them. And if they don't, like the only people that have just instantly kind of accepted my bare feet have been people in like purple wizard costumes named Ambiguity uh, that are working at a homeless shelter. 
So you're saying yeah, normalize too. healthy practices. Yeah, yeah, you know, and this goes back to like, yeah, uh, I've had uh, discussions on how strange it is for uh, yoga, which is primarily a practice um, that started with men in the East. And now it's a billion dollar yoga pant practice for women in the West. But it's just because guys are afraid to do this in public. <laughs> And for those of you on the radio, he's stretching his arms like uh, his and swaying. Yeah. inflatable person every once in a while, and you'll be amazed at how much better you feel. Um, and it's just, you know, both moving in public, stretching, being barefooted, those things should be normal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. It's good for you. Right. And I, I, I feel just in my, uh, my travels around you know, the community that there is a lot more acceptance over the last year about some holistic practices because there is a tendency around those practices to have community. And I think everyone right now, because of being um, locked in their houses and, and quarantine and not in places being closed, um, they're feeling that that need, that human need for connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to our main topic of, you know, veteran suicide there, you know, a lot of them have been in really strong, especially the folks that are coming back from, um, from overseas now are really, they've been with the same people for a long, you know, a long time you know, being deployed. Some of them have been deployed multiple times with the same people or different people. And now they're coming back to, you know, a different environment. And um, I think providing that community, that feeling of community inside and outside of the military. I think both sides, um, because even coming back from a deployment, uh, having been a prior military spouse, I know a lot of the veterans have shared with me that it's really difficult even coming back from deployment and going into a regular military routine compared to what they were on over there. Their transition back into their units are challenging. And then it's just as challenging outside in their civilian lives as well. Uh, to make that transition. So I think providing that community. Yeah, again, it, you have, you have to, um, that's part of why the transition is so difficult is it, it's an immediate loss of community. Maybe if you've been in for a very long time, you've developed enough friends in different States. Um, but at the very least, even if you retire after 30 years at the highest rank you could have possibly have wanted to attain and it was all beautiful, well, well, now that's being taken away from you and now you have no mission and you have to learn to transition your mission to um, you know, taking care of yourself and living a different life, being at home with your family more, whatever whatever it is, um, it's, it's an immediate abrupt change um but you know so finding that purpose again or a new purpose there's a message that has to be 
and this is a this is a very touchy one. This might be the touchiest thing we talk about. Um, uh, something that you know, the military teaches you to meditate without meditating. I remember one of the very first experiences I had in boot camp. Uh, we weren't marching right. So and we're about to stand for the national anthem and we, we screwed it all up. So we stood still for what seemed like hours during the worst mosquito storm I've ever seen in my life. And if we even flinched for a second, that was an extra half an hour tacked on. And we just accepted the fact that we got all of the diseases and all of our blood was going to be gone. Um, so they, they're, they're teaching you to do this, but it's, for the mission it's for something specific um we're not we're not taking preparatory measures to learn to take care of ourselves and you know i have to explain to ceo types meditation is going to improve your productivity your phone has to restart every once in a while you need to go through uploads and reboots um mm -hmm. So the, 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 the message for people in the military is you can't wait till you get out of the military to develop good practices and to find a community and to start limiting your drinking and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's an you know, amazing book by a retired Navy SEAL, David Goggins, who's another famous hardcore dude. And in the very last chapter of his book, he talks about and after I did all of the really intense things my whole life, I realized, damn, I should have been stretching. <laughs> you know, maybe it, maybe I could have avoided a lot of pain if I would have. And we're all coming at this from a different point in our life of, of what's needed. But so, so the touchy part with all of that is how do you tell someone who's being trained to do nothing but the mission, give to the mission, devote yourself to the mission. We need soldiers. How do you tell that entity to, you know, uh, learn to ease off and to slow down and to focus on themselves and to think about the future? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's, we're, we're playing a game um, of giving, um, freedom and command and and that's part of the difficulty for a veteran transitioning out especially that's why you're not seeing as many suicides in the military there's a purpose mm -hmm. um, they need to start figuring out the purpose uh, before right. they transition right and, and, and i mean that's a very good point Maybe the military can help with that. You know, they say since I've been out, they're doing better with transition programs. It's not just a week of accounting classes, um, but it, it really doesn't matter. It's up. It's up to the families and the veterans and people to start talking about this, and uh, you know, bring that surface. Yeah. So we've got about four minutes to close. So um, I'm going to start with Justin. Justin, are there? Um, Take about a minute and tell us, is there anything that you would like to leave the audience with? Um, yeah, just go walk without shoes on. 
and find some rocks to walk on because it's has nothing to do with uh, having any sort of special training or anything. Uh, you, you already have training for dealing with pain through life because everybody deals with pain all the time and uh, we hide from it and we run from it. Uh, it's good for people to walk with it. That's what people get that go into some, an institution like the military end up being able to learn is dealing with those high intensity situations uh, where you have to overcome those things and walking on the ground with no shoes on, on maybe a rough terrain, it's not going to be anywhere close to that. Um, and you don't have to do it for 20 days. You don't have to, it's, it's up to you, but uh, okay. there's something to it. And cause I don't know, but I know that it's what I do and it helps me out. Good. Good. So David, um, the, with a couple of minutes left, are there any projects that you're currently working on? And is there any way that people can help you with uh, any of your initiatives? The project that's completed, um, which was a byproduct of all of this, would be the 22 for 22 short film. Um, and everyone can follow the Barefoot 22 or 22 for 22 something and keep up with all of that. Um, and that's on Facebook? That would be on Facebook and, okay. and probably some other outlets. Um, but I would really encourage people also to check out um, end22, helpend22.org. That was who we were raising money for. And Bill Sacconi, I mean, when we're ta- talking about taking one step at a time, um, that and that, again, that, that very cliche metaphor is uh, something for, uh, grander about life. Um, he, it, the project was started when his uh, Marine son took his life. And maybe a week after we finished our walk, his wife passed away as well. And, you know, and she was the heart of the project of N22, according to him, and, you know, he was the face, but she was the, the strength. And now he's, um, you know, taking care of a daughter and a nonprofit by himself. And he still believes, um, he's, I, I still see it and I hear it in his voice. He still believes in that every mm-hmm. step and it's one at a time. Um, okay. and we can't, we can't, do anything more than that. We can, I can, we can hand out solutions all day long. What can we do for our veterans? What can we do for ourselves? But um, <laughs> keep coming back to that. You're here. Yeah. Going. So, um, any last comments? Anything that you would like to say? With we've got about fifteen seconds oh. or so. Like leaving it with that. You're here. Okay. Keep yeah. You're here. Keep going. Wish so I want to. Yeah. You got a light. You can feel, you can it, feel it on your it. back. <laughs> yeah. So thank you uh, both for being on the sh- on uh, Counterbalance Conversations. And thank everybody on Facebook who joined us as well. We'll hang out. We'll um, talk to you after the show. Um, also, if um, the Veteran Crisis Line is one 800 273-8255, press 1. And if you'd like to connect with me, go to the host page on um, 
Voice America Radio, and you can connect with me by email or at Counterbalance Coach on Instagram or Facebook. And I want to say thank you very much to all of our veterans and service members for all the things that you've done for us and for all of your service. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you. And thank you both for all that you're doing. Thank you for listening to Counterbalance Conversations. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Melissa L. Strasser, for another inspiring program next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next program, do something that stands out this week. Make a change. Be the counterbalance. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of 